0: is that it's a journey into comics network production tell me something my friend you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight what i always ask that of all my prey i just like the sound of it brought to you by the power of the journey into comics network this is the journey into comics podcast a show that's 100 percent dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Pod Father, Nate Phillips, The Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler
1: McLaughlin. Time to make the Kitty Chunks.
0: Hey. Excellent!
1: <laughs> Finally. What did you do? Oh. And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. Today, it's JIC 340. I'm your host, the Pod Father Nate. Over that way, he is the Pod Master Brando. Welcome back, my dude.
0: How's it going, bud?
1: I feel some type of way. And let me explain why I feel some type of way. Because, first of all, a lot of THC coursing through my veins right now. Second of all, just being honest here, but more importantly, There has been so much good superhero-related news and content and stuff that we actually have a pretty action-packed fucking episode today that we don't have to try on. I'm so excited because there's just a lot of things, Brando. One thing we didn't even talk about off-air, and I really hope you watched it. If not, maybe you can live watch it and live react because that would be kind of a fucking cool thing. Have you seen the Suicide Squad trailer?
0: I did. Yep. Let's just... Start there. Yeah. Uh no. Uh, it it looks pretty good. It it looks pretty good. A, lo- a lot of cool surprises in this. It seems over the top. So like you definitely get that James Gunn vibe from it because that's something that he did bring to the Guardian stuff. It's very over the top and and, and imaginative. And very much so. And they're taking advantage of uh basically the lay of the land and and what you can utilize because that's something that. You 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 see a little bit of in the Guardians movies that he does. Like when he made his movie, he decided to make his cast what it was, and it of course not even like the A list B list characters that make up the Guardians. It's like you know several generations down. Here are these characters I want to work with, and then you have several um, you know, characters that get cameos in the background or something. I'm getting that vibe here, but with the Suicide Squad, you're literally limitless based on whatever kind of villains that you can possibly even muster up from the history of DC comics to where polka dot man is in the movie. Like that, that is one of the things that really made me laugh uh, watching Lego Batman for the first time <laughs> when Joker's li- listing all these villains that he's as like and condiment King. It was in there and uh, the guy's like, did real you-? one, look it up. Yeah. He's like, did, did you make some of those up? No. They're all real, probably worth a Google, (laughs) you know. I like that because they're kind of prodding and trying to get people to go check out some of these long-forgotten villains. But that's the kind of the thing. That's kind of the feel that I got here watching the Suicide Squad trailer. And uh, you know, I I really do hope that it succeeds because here's because here's the deal, guys. We 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 shouldn't want. Anybody to not succeed, even if you're not a DC fan, even if you're not a Marvel fan or anything like that. You know, We all live in this crazy world where now a lot of the major uh, properties that are getting developed and turned uh, either into shows, movies, cartoons are all properties from comic books. They're getting a new lease on life. And now with the way that we uh, experience our entertainment, is it strictly through... You know, straight theatrical you know releases. You know, like one of the strong strong suits with DC for a long time was their animated films. You know, and they, then
1: they moved out of animated into the CW verse, which was yeah, very yes, successful. Yes, and so it, still continues to be.
0: So they have the animated pocket. They have that pocket. You know, you know. Uh, the more recent, the last six years uh, for their theatrical stuff, it's kind of been up and down uh, with, with with how people felt, with how critics felt, uh, and how much money they've made. Marvel, on the other hand. Mm has been on fire with their theatrical stuff. And their shows have now just started to because of the Disney Plus platform. Before that, I I didn't really like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I I never really got into it. I could not get myself into that show because I I really didn't feel like for the kind of thing that they were telling that it was really like mattered that much. You You know, some of the Netflix properties had some good stuff there. But then the Marvel animated stuff has been... You know, like wow, we have a Spider-Man one.
1: That's cool. Well, I th- and I think we're going to see soon uh, Marvel Animation pick up the scale for a lot. We got MODOK about to drop soon, <laughs> yep. which again, something that dropped I didn't get to watch the trailer, but continue on Suicide Squad. I don't want to lose. Yeah, focus. no,
0: like, I, just, I I kind of feel like with James coming in to do this property, and uh, you know, he he, it's, I don't want to say he has free reign, but it kind of seems like DC just said go do your thing. And honestly, I wish they would do that more because I feel like if you don't like a film based off of its merits, at least then you could say, Oh, well, you know, I didn't like this film because this director, this writer, I did not like their vision,
1: but it, combo just didn't work.
0: It didn't work. Sometimes that is the case, even with some of the biggest properties that we've had, that, that we've seen and experienced uh, throughout, you know, throughout entertainment. But when you get involved too much, when you tinker too much, you start having you know this combative relationship between the creator and the and the owner of said property, then you you just it it just happened with Zack Snyder, and we, we've talked about that a little bit here. It happened with Spider Man three. You know, it happened with the X Men properties. You know, it happened with the Batman properties back in the nineties. Yep. You know? It it really seems like when there's overstep it usually always goes bad.
1: Or when... Yeah, it's the overthinking from the studios. Yeah, Another prime example of this, not even in the superhero realm. Let's just talk for a minute about Sonic the Hedgehog. T.Y., yes. if he was on the episode day, he would be railing about us talk, talking about Sonic because it's a great example. Studio went one route, made Sonic look fucking dumb. Everybody was like, hey, that looks fucking dumb. We're not going to see your fucking dumb-looking movie. And now... Because they fixed it, that great movie is on my Blu-ray shelf. It's something that Ollie and I really connect with. It's a, it's a, it's a moment, a bonding moment. Mm-hmm. It's really it's a cool thing because they listened to the fans and said, listen, people who are fans of this material, think about James Gunn who was a comic book fan before he was anything that we know him as. Mm-hmm. He was a nerdy little fucking dude who probably got picked on They're skimming through the books and was connecting with Polka Dot Man or he was connecting with King Shark. For whatever reason or rat catcher, you know, but ultimately those seeds being planted back then helped him to say that when he got his shot, he would really pour his heart and soul into these properties. And every time we've seen his properties in this nerd culture verse, even when he did super, which wasn't even really, I mean, its own thing, it's not a comic book, but it had that whole vibe. It just shows that he has a level of care and uh, sense for detail and knowing how to draw you in. And he's also the master of music. James Gunn, master of music. The song they use for Suicide Squad trailer been stuck in my head ever since. It's an old classic. I've heard it a hundred times. But as soon as it was in the trailer, I was like, yes. Like, it just hits the right vibe. Definitely.
0: And I like that he's kind of going for the '70s grindhouse feel. Yes, uh, absolutely. And a, and that kind of sets it apart. Even though it, even though you can tell stylistically here that this is a a Suicide Squad meets Guardians kind of feel. Uh, so it, like it brings some of that forward, like with the soundtrack of them Guardians. He made that really iconic. The fact that that you you associate all these like uh, I, I don't want to say dated, but time period music. And he made, it, he made that a part of the story for having these, like, you know, volume one and two collections and whatnot, on, like, on a mixtape, that all these great songs that he grew up listening to. But uh, be able, to be able to, you know, even down to, like, the, um, the movie posters for Suicide Squad, Scream 70s drive-in movie to me. And what did you think about the reveal that Sylvester Stallone's playing King Shark?
1: I think that's amazing. Um, obviously, he definitely did the voice. I'm interested to know if he actually mo-capped as well. That'd be interesting. Because that would be super interesting, especially with some of the visualistics we saw with King Shark. I mean, just in that trailer, we saw him eat a guy. We saw him... And... And... <laughs> that shit <laughs> cracked me up. And then, of course the ripping a motherfucker in half which single handedly might have been the most epic single shot from a trailer I've ever seen just and there's all this entrails and shit man it was amazing
0: but the one thing uh, to tie it back around with what I was saying about him basically having the full catalog of villains or anything to work with he's what James is looking at doing here is almost the same thing that he did with Guardians taking these characters that the general fandom general like as in like just casual fandom probably doesn't know about doesn't know a damn thing about groot doesn't know a damn thing about uh, you know uh, drax but makes them characters that you end up liking and like you know uh, really like connecting with same thing for this one when i was at work and i watched that trailer joe was like who is king shark cuz he's not the biggest comic book guy he knows he knows some but he but you know but he doesn't dive in deep who the hell is king shark He's like he's never read a comic book with him. He's never seen anything with him, and you know. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know a lot about King Shark myself. But it's through these methods, pulling out these villains. Uh, unless you're a diehard fan, you might not necessarily know who they are. But at, hopefully, with the success of the movie, now you're going to know who they are, and it's going to be uh, what they can. Uh, what the studios and uh, that the comic books and. Everything else can utilize the revitalization or first uh, newfound uh, popularity of certain characters. Can They can now become more utilized within whatever projects that they're using. And that is that is nothing but good because literally ever since the Guardians movies, you know, going into there, who the hell are these people? And now they're everywhere. They're in pop culture, you know, and that same thing people, could happen.
1: People call me Sparklord at work. Because of Star-Lord. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) that's not a joke either. So uh, anyways, check this out. So uh, a couple thoughts on the trailer. One, again, John Cena steals the show with his comedy. He just – he might have been a good wrestler. He might be a fucking hilarious, amazing comedic actor. And I mean that. I saw that movie. uh, It was an Amy uh, Schumer movie, Trainwreck or something that he was in. He was fucking hysterical in it. But let's just – Real quick here, and unfortunately now that I'm gearing myself into having to say what he says in that their trailer, you're going to have a soundbite, folks, so enjoy this one. But the line where uh, Bloodshot's like, eat a bag of dicks. And he's like, if, there, if this whole entire beach was filled with dicks and I had to eat every single one of them for freedom, I would do it. And I'm just like <laughs> – <laughs> like they made John Cena say that. That's fucking hilarious. And then here's a little a little less funny, but a little bit more serious than that I really loved about the not only the trailer, the certain people that are in the trailer that are carryovers. You have Captain Boomerang who was in the original. Uh, your Harley is back, Amanda Waller is back, you know, some of these characters from the first version of the suicide squad, which to me means, again, Technically speaking, this whole idea, and we're going to talk about it later, of restoring the Snyderverse, isn't that bad of an idea or a plan? Because, I mean, the Harley Quinn that we're watching now, who has now done Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. and now The Suicide Squad, at some point faces Batfleck. We know that because of the first Suicide Squad. So then Batfleck obviously exists in this world where... John Cena is eating a bag of dicks off of the beach. So, I'm just saying maybe they can restore the Snyderverse while also keeping all these new universes moving forward that they want to do and get the best of both worlds out of all of it.
0: I really do hope so. Uh and no and honestly that's kind of a great transition because we we talked last week a little bit about about Zack Snyder's Justice League getting released and and a little bit about how the the reaction has been to that. And it has been way more positive than any other DC Zack Snyder release in the recent memory. It's so good. Uh, I said it last week. The more that I watch Man of Steel and BBS, the more that I actually like them. Yes, they're a bit over the top, especially BBS. It's very dramatic. (laughs) So, like... Yeah, like, it, it does a lot of things for that. This film, uh, Justice League, also dabs... It, it's Snyder, so he, so he has a, a way of telling his stories the way that he likes to tell his stories. He has a way of producing films the way that he likes to do his films. If you don't like Zack Snyder... You might not like it. any of his movies. I'm just saying, if you don't like Steven Spielberg, why are you complaining about a Steve, Steven Spielberg movie? But no.
1: Don't go watch Jaws if you don't like Spielberg. Yeah, well, and Leave thing, Jurassic Park alone if you're not into Spielberg.
0: Spielberg. I said it Spielberg, yeah. <laughs> Spielberg. But no, oh, it's shit. just, I thoroughly enjoyed the Justice League, uh, or Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I feel like it goes really, really terrific with the other two movies. And now there's a movement online to try to restore the Snyderverse. There have been rumors that HBO wants to keep Affleck in as Batman for the HBO version of Batman. To where I've heard Warner and DC want Pattinson to be the theatrical Batman going forward. So there's not a lot of, you know, uh, confusion in the marketplace. I say confusion is good at this point. <laughs> at this point confusion okay, is good. Okay, people
1: are gonna figure it out because if you're smart and you're DC, you already know you've put the seeds in that all these universes coexist together. Mm-hmm. Just keep explaining that to the audience until everyone understands. It's not that hard.
0: So okay, I heard a rumor that that there could be a, a comic book
1: continuation.
0: I just read this right before we went on the air.
1: Okay. Um which means you can't find the article now?
0: No, no, it's That's actually a here. That's the default? It was, it, this was actually published nine days ago. Uh, so it's a little old by this point, but it still stands for for what we're talking about. This is from comicbook.com. <clears throat> uh, uh, props to Cameron Bonomolo. Hopefully I said your name right. And after Warner Media met demands to release a Snyder Cut on HBO Max, growing calls to restore the Snyderverse could culminate in a comic book continuation of just of Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League. The uh, filmmaker, Zack Snyder, and uh, uh, the CCO, uh, Jim Lee, from DC Comics, have discussed doing a sequel and prequel comic book series about the post-apocalyptic nightmare world based ruled by Darkseid and the ragtag team that's left alive trying to put it all back together. Revealed in the epilogue of Justice League... As Batman, uh, Cyborg, Flash, Deathstroke, and Mira, inside that story, there would be the death of Robin, killed years earlier by the Joker. Snyder believes Snyder Cut is the finale to his live-action Snyderverse. Man is still Batman, v. Superman, and then Justice League, but says fan support could convince DC Comics to realize his future movie pl- plans on the page instead of on the screen. He said, I talked to Jim about it, and we literally had a plan to do a comic book, a huge run. We were going to basically do a comic book based on the whiteboard that I had up in Dallas. Uh, where there was uh, there was a comic book that we, had, that we were going to release based on that. And then I wanted to do a mini run on the Joker-Robin story. Like a run of what was happening with Batman, what was happening with the Joker, and what was happening with Robin... And just that story on its own is sort of its own micro story. He then added, we were super into it. And then there was AT&T acquiring Time Warner. And there was a bunch of switches and a bunch of cuts at DC comics. Lee said, maybe in the future if there's fan support, but we'll see. So it seems like with, with these mergers, a lot of things have shifted uh, priority. And of course, that is no secret with anybody who knows their history behind Time Warner and merges. I mean, all you have to do, uh, if if anybody out there is are wrestling fans, you'll know that the AOL Time Warner merger is what essentially killed WCW as a platform to be an organization because uh, Ted Turner, who eventually like the Turner organization became Time Warner, all this stuff. He owned that property. They owned that property. That was their promotion they had it, they had it on their networks on TNT and TBS it was theirs to do with whatever they wanted but when the AOL merger happened there was a heavy influence by the new guys that were in charge it didn't want to be involved with that industry so what did they do they got rid of it and they sold it and that created a monopolization in that industry moving forward here le- we are now let's look at this there was an acquisition and what happened? At, I mean, I'm not saying this is a direct one to one because there, there there's obviously a lot of problems with people who were at DC and at and at Warner, who were uh, combative or wanted control this uh, the feel of it. They wanted more Avengers style. They wanted they wanted success is what they wanted, and they felt like BVS didn't give them enough and Justice. And then they 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 got heavily involved with the uh, Justice League cut for Joss Whedon. They brought him in to try and like save this thing and put a lighter tone to it. And put it out there, and it failed miserably. And then, of course, then you had Aquaman that did pretty good for him. You had the, uh, you know, d- you know, did different movies. Wonder Woman
1: did great, mm-hmm. uh,
0: but like you have other things that kind of come and go. Of the, it seems like there's a lot of turmoil, and turmoil is not good for a creative like at all because you're going to have different people wearing different hats coming in and things change. Look at what happened bringing it back to wrestling just 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 for this one one tidbit. The guy at TNT who was really sequential at getting AEW on the air for All Elite Wrestling, having a good relationship with Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes and all these guys, is now no longer involved with that portion of... turn. He he has moved on. They moved him. So he's not at TNT anymore. They have a good relationship still there. But literally, if they would have put the wrong guy in there that said... We're, we're not having it we're, we're just gonna ride this contract out and then you guys are on your own. That literally could be the death knell for that company. They could probably still survive and try to find a new network, but it's a hell of a lot easier to to get out there. you know if they have a stable home that is going to be able to reach a, a million people at least minimum, then you can do your best to grow the brand, grow your stars and do all that. You can't do that when you're on Paramount. You can't do that when you're on access TV. no offense to to, to impact or or, or, or or wherever they're at now. You're not reaching that' you're, you're reaching a, a percentage of the percentage of the audience that you could reach and that is not going to help you grow your brand and become a competitor to the biggest dog in the yard. The same thing could you could correlate some of the same things I'm saying here to the same things that are also happening elsewhere within the company. How can the DC properties become as big and, and competitive as what the Disney and Marvel team are doing if there's a lot of turmoil in the background? And there has been turmoil yeah. you know, all, all throughout this process. You have a lot of dreams and a lot of aspirations. You have the Pattinson trilogy. You have the Flash movie coming up. You have another Aquaman. You have Shazam. You have Black Adam. That got released date uh, for next year. So like, that's going to be interesting to see. We we, we have Pierce Bronson. He just got announced to play in that movie as well. I can't remember the name of the characters playing, but you know,
1: Dr. Fate, Dr. Fate. Thank you for, Oh, it's going to be so fucking good. I'm glad you brought that up. That is so exciting. That was a great reveal. Um, but I do want to, and I'm not really backpedal, but I want to just kind of piggyback on what you're saying really quick about this whole verse turmoil. You're right. If your company is in turmoil, you end up like that massive ship in the Suez It was trapped for six days. You just get stuck in the bank, man, because you can't go forward if no one's actually driving the ship fucking forward. Mm-hmm. If everyone's trying to decide who's going to drive the ship and no one's driving the ship, the ship drives itself into the fucking embankment. We saw it happen. I've seen a couple memes that sum it up greatly. It was like, I want the real Justice League. And it's a picture of the uh, CW verse of the, or the, you know, Justice League. And then it's the, um, oh, fucking um, Uh No, the real Justice League. And then it's the picture of the Justice League. And he goes, no, the real Justice League. And then it's a picture of Snyder's. And he goes, perfection. You know, and I love that because it's like, it, it just made me giggle. But. The best meme of memes is and 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 how to describe what is about to happen with the turmoil with the lack of leadership that's happening here is this you do have fans that are craving craving for more now that they've seen what zach was able to do unleashed i mean because go back go back to man of steel fuck go back to watchman and just say, hey, Zach, do your movie and let him actually be this creator that we saw in this movie. Mm-hmm. Who knows what we get? So now that we've seen him unleashed, don't put him back on a chain. Don't say, oh, that's good enough. You know, there's the meme, and this is what I wanted to get to. And it's like the Flash running to try to get around soups in that fight sequence. And it's this is Warner Brothers uh, releasing the Snyder Cut, hoping that it'll silence fans. And then it's super. Man staring at Flash, this the Snyderverse fans wanting to restore the Snyderverse. And he's just like and I'm just like, Yeah, you sparked the flame, man. You pissed him off. This is not the if it wasn't good, if, if we were sitting here right now and the and the Snyderverse was just kind of a big bag of shit, we would not be having this conversation. But he no. knocked it out of the park i mean so much so they released justice is gray by the way i don't yeah. know if you knew that they they released it and, and kind of in the dead of night thing and not like a real big announcement or anything which is cool but i put it on thinking i'll just put it on and like fall asleep so i watch like a two minutes of it i just got sucked into watching an hour of that four hour movie because it was so impressive seeing how different it was in black and white and to actually kind of get his alternate vision he talks about it he says it, you know, you're obviously going to have a CGI effect that doesn't look old school noir. But think Gotham City, think how Batman noir is this old gritty sci-fi movies and stuff. And there are some sequences that are pretty fucking cool and different. The dark side trying to conquer uh, Earth with the Mother Boxes the first time in black and white is really interesting and awesome. So, um, so okay, let him go, man. Just let him go.
0: I, I'm I'm going to go in a little bit into the weeds here. Because I want to dissect a little bit about what people did not like. Try try to just talk to you and, and see if we can figure it out. What was it they didn't like about BBS that made that made it to where the fans didn't turn out. That first weekend was really great for them. And then, then the numbers fell off really fast. The re, and then the then the reviews came in and um uh, and then it only made a billion dollars, which sounds like ridiculous that a film could be considered a failure. But when you consider how much money they were expecting uh, after the investment of making the movie, the advertising, and all that stuff, because that movie was everywhere advertised. So uh,
1: it was even advertised in I Am Legend like 12 years <laughs> before it ever came out. <laughs> right. You
0: know what right. But I mean, was it the fact that we are picking backing off of like we're introducing a batman who is well into his aged years and we're not getting to see all these cool stories with this character that we've kind of already seen before through other through other iterations but we're not seeing batfleck do it we're not seeing uh, the Jared Little Joker do it we're not seeing all the you know the riddler we're not seeing him do this and, and go over there and do this so essentially what we're seeing is a, a a Batman nearing the twilight of his career you know uh, ultimately coming
1: ba- to grips with his failures
0: coming yeah coming to grips with his failures but also uh, realizing uh, that that is a part of his own fear and, and why he does what he does because he, he's coaxed into it he's prodded you know yeah what the movie I feel doesn't get across enough even though it, it's, it's done through the reveal is how smart Lex is the moment that Lex walks up to Bruce and Clark, he knows exactly who each of those two people are
1: and has the whole moment has the whole thing figured out. He's already in the ch- he is not playing the game. He is ahead of the game,
0: yeah and literally he's just like, hey, you know like he's already he, he's not going to go out there and tell everybody who Batman is. He wants to. He 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 essentially is trying to control Superman.
1: Some men just want to watch the world better.
0: <laughs> right. But I mean, like, you know, after watching that movie again, and, and we've talked about it how, like, how maybe the writing wasn't as good as it could have been. For some reason, that own critique of my own is becoming less and less. Maybe it's because the more times I watch it, the more that I the more that I'm understanding the nuance of the of the scenes behind everything. Maybe, maybe because we were coming off of uh, the Nolan verse, which was so exposition-heavy that literally they're holding our hand and walking us through every scene with a character like uh, Michael Caine's Alfred, or uh, through like Lucius Fox, Rachel. where it's like, or through the Joker, where like you're literally mesmerized on the screen watching these characters interact. Whereas in this movie, it's more like, this is what's going on. I'm I'm doing this. And, and and Alfred's like, you have no reason to do this. <laughs> it's like, yes I do, Alfred. But it makes the like, there's stuff going on in the background. There's things that you see. It, it, it's the him him looking at all of these checks returned, prodding and nailing. You know, it's all that shit. And then even Superman realizing that shit, I fucked up. I fucked up. You know. And then there's a part of him that does want to hurt Bruce, but he doesn't want to hurt Bruce. So he's holding back. And of course, it's the big moment, the Martha moment. You could have rewritten that to be a little bit better. But what I take from it, this is my take. If you disagree, feel free. If you say it's a bad scene, it's a bad scene. That he is so out of it and near death that he's just blubbering. "Save my mom. But he just says Martha. Because her name is Martha. You know? And at that point, the Superman, is, 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 is he's not thinking straight. So, But see, a lot of that stuff isn't really contextualized. It's it's not given to you on a silver platter.
1: And I think that when we reviewed it initially, your biggest critique, Brando, was there's the one line and you'll miss it stuff.
0: Yes, yes. And there's so
1: many things going on that one line and you'll miss it you, you have turn to pay around attention. for a second you yeah. know you forget about what the cup of piss is about and you yes. know, all of a sudden yes.
0: you're lost you need, these are movies you have to pay attention to they're not necessarily as fun as the Marvel verse, but that's what made them different for me and every time that I watch them and I'm paying attention to them not just putting them on for like you know for popcorn sake but like they're fun to watch and get into the story of it and you know in Justice League it was the same way but literally it's a 4 hour movie and no one's going to watch a 4 hour movie to not pay a, not to pay attention to it. So therefore so in a way like it, it was a lighter tone and it was a more fulfilled story than the than BVS. In a way you, you almost wish BVS could have been a little bit longer to just make more sense of where these characters are and what they're doing. But it would be a shame if this was it.
1: It wouldn't make sense if it was it. I want to also say one thing else, Brando. You said that there's a possibility of them doing a comic based on the nightmare Maybe. world. Maybe, yeah. I'm all for that. Like, fucking sign me up. I will read that. I will review that shit on here with y'all. Like, I'm about it. That's a cool idea because, you know what? That The reason that I think that's such a fascinating idea is to do that Else Worlds type story where you do have this alternate team that doesn't really – go together going up against dark side in this battle. That seems like there's no chance and fuck they can win. Like you tell that in a comic book story and you have it wrap up nicely. You don't have to try to like, okay, we're going to go get the nightmare movie. Like people aren't going to turn out for the nightmare movie. They're going to be like, Oh, that's interesting, but it's not going to be justice league.
0: Okay. So like, from what I understand, this was supposed to happen at some point in one of these movies, probably the third movie, maybe. We don't know. Uh, it, it really seems like the second movie was going to be a more character driven and more down to earth film that was going to focus more on some of our heroes that didn't get a lot of story time in, in the first movie. Like probably uh, Diana and, and, and Clark, obviously, had no development time, hardly <laughs> in, in, in this movie because that was the whole point, right? But. You know, obviously from 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 Snyder's Justice League, we were going to be. They handed us the the intro to the Batfleck movie with Deathstroke, with with you know. We're, hey, we're going spoilers here, folks. Okay, you gone? You go watch that movie, four hours movie. They and they're gonna come back. All right. Lex is like Bruce Wayne to Superman. Have fun.
1: <laughs> that no t- way no you say that again because you just said bruce wayne is superman
0: oh my bad i mess i meant <laughs> that, that'd be even that'd be even funnier that'd be even funnier it, like destro's like what <laughs> really now gotcha anyway no you know bruce wayne's batman go have fun and that was gonna be the like so little for the Batflick movie versus Destroke it was going to be Destroke knowing who he is hunting him down and hunting him da- yeah it's going to be very interesting and now of course now we're not going to get that but now, but then there is also, well, maybe, because then, see,
1: we might get a series now out of that.
0: So Affleck has said he doesn't really want to come back as a character unless Snyder's involved. Now, he has signed on to the Flash movie, which will be happening. He will be playing a big role into that, and his character will be a big part. But also, uh, Michael Keaton has signed on, but that we're going to have to wait and see. Did you hear about this?
1: that uh it depends on covid he's got a really 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 big concern and doesn't want to travel and vaccines are dependent and there's a lot of factors that factor in uh michael keaton is a very secluded person he's kind of like up in the wilderness he moved down to la as soon as the shit started i guess and like got like a you know ranch and shit like Dude is taking it very seriously, and I, mad respect. He's an older dude. He's trying to preserve his existence. Yeah, it's what you got to do. So
0: that ranch, I want to say that ranch is what he bought with his payday from Batman Returns. That's one of the reasons why he did the movie. Um, because he he wasn't really sure if he should do the movie, uh, and he wasn't sold on it. But you know, Tim was really excited about it, Tim Burton. Uh, and he's like, well, you know, how much? They'll give me that ranch. <laughs> So he did it, and and of course the reason why he didn't do the third one is like they they pretty much he didn't pushed get him a
1: big enough ranch.
0: Him. Well, I mean he he already got the ranch. He you know he's happy money wise, and and it's like Tim is like yeah they kind of kicked me to the curb. He was like all right then I'm not going to do it. He's like the only reason why at that point Keaton would come back is if Tim was involved and if Tim really believed in it. You know because they had a good rapport together. I mean they had done three movies together. So, but no, I, I really do hope that like at least HBO max could be the home for the Snyderverse, or do something. And, and please, as you said, best of both worlds, let's keep this stuff going. If we well, and can, I mean, but
1: we already know that the Snyderverse is leaving the HBO max because it's going to come to theaters and you best believe that shit comes to IMAX. We got to see it, bro. It was yeah. so good. I, I will sit four hours for that for sure.
0: No, like that movie was really freaking good and so much better than the theatrical version. Um, there, there there's not many scenes from from the from the theatrical version that I would say I would want here
1: i loved another great meme of the uh, it was a visual of uh, ezra miller's flash and justice league trying to save the russian family and it's like you and then it's the ezra miller flash running backwards in time to bring everybody back to stop uh, the destruction which was fucking amazing the guy she tells you not to worry about. died laughing. I was like, "Oh, that's so good."
0: I wasn't ready for that, for that scene. It I, was amazing. I, I didn't call it because obviously we we've already seen this movie, kind of. And then it was like, "Boom!" Everybody's dead.
1: What? <laughs> and then your brain immediately went to, "Oh my god, we actually are going to the nightmare universe. Like somehow we're going to end up there." And then Barry's off in the distance, and shit's still happening, but time is slow for him. And then he starts talking and you've seen it with the mother box where he slowed down and actually reversed a little bit of time. So there's exposition and build mm-hmm. to this moment. And then he starts running so fast that he restored the Snyderverse, <laughs> Flash single-handedly restored the Snyderverse with his run. And uh, they stop uh, Steppenwolf chopping his dome off, which was fucking sick. That kind of gave me also a little bit of, I'm not going to lie. Portal head chop off. Landing in front of a person, definitely stolen directly from Thor Ragnarok. I'm just saying the dragon sequence, it was very similar, but also very different. Uh,
0: But what movie would have came out first?
1: Oh, they actually would have came out. Actually, it would have still been uh, Thor. Thor came out November 4th. I think that Justice League came out November 17th.
0: Well, damn, (laughs) they both had the same idea at exactly the same time.
1: So maybe it was just in the collective consciousness that they were going to have something get chopped off and go through a portal.
0: We are really (laughs) into chopping heads off and having them go through portals at this point in time.
1: And let me tell you, Brando, that that just transitions us to another amazing thing we've been talking about and watching because, bro, you have Amazon Prime. I have Amazon Prime. I'm sure there's people that are watching and listening along that have Amazon Prime. And if you have not yet checked out Invincible, do it. Holy shit. I'm there's a lot it. to talk about within it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're both only like two, and I'm like two episodes and three minutes in, which there's only three episodes so far, right? There's only three so far?
0: Yeah, and I believe the rest of them are coming out on Fridays every week. Nice. So, uh, okay. And the episodes are, are like 45 minutes long. It's not like a little short 20-minute animated thing, because this is an animated show. And may, may I just say, the cast... All star cast it's all star cast, but it's they literally just went and, and asked the Walking Dead people if they needed work because, <laughs> because that's what we got uh, oh yeah so if, if you guys haven't heard of Invincible it is a superhero uh a superhero uh, comic created by uh, Robert Kirkman who also created The Walking Dead and uh which that's what makes it so funny because it, it like it follows this young kid and his dad's this famous awesome superhero and now he's getting his own powers and it's the i got to go this is all new to me duck out of water thing but there's superheroes all over the place and of course this is its own custom it's almost kind of like the watchman in that in that respect how there's no superheroes here that you're ever going to have have heard of but
1: like very similar
0: very similar and relatable uh
1: Steven Some you, of which so, some of which out the gate I'm I, not to I know you're doing you like to set up but some of which out the gate at first I was like really if this was your best you could come up with Kirkman Red Rush
0: Yeah well it, it's kind of a parody or like a take on it right Totally But uh Stephen Young plays Mark Grayson who who is in, who is invincible his dad Nolan Grayson is Omni-Man right I'm
1: Not gonna lie if you would have went to say Mark Grayson is and instead of it's Dang it. It would just been a logo like has been in the episodes on our screen. I would have <laughs> fucking lost it, bro. It would have been great. We didn't plan for that.
0: Um, J.K. Simmons plays his dad, which is awesome. And then you have uh, Sandra Oh playing his mom, Debbie Grayson. Um, And then we're going to go into, uh, you know, I said other Walking Dead guys, right? Well, you have, where are we at? Kerry Payton plays Black Samson. Of course, he was um, um, King Ezekiel, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You have Ross Marquand playing three different people: Aquarius, Biplane, and Kursk. Ezra Miller is in this.
1: I actually didn't know that.
0: Maybe, maybe we haven't got to him yet. He is D. A. Sinclair. Chad L. Coleman plays Martian Man. I believe he played Tyrese. Michael Cudlitz mm-hmm. he played Red Rush. Uh, he, of course, he was... Um, Abraham. Abraham in Walking Dead. Lenny James. Um, he is Darkwing.
1: Darkwing, yep.
0: My dude, there was a scene that, made, that popped me so hard that I had to pause the show. I was laughing so hard. What is the name of Invincibles High School?
1: uh it's r b j
0: reginald vel johnson high that's carl winslow <laughs> 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 and he is in the show as 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 a uh, as a principal i assume of reginald vel johnson high <laughs> he also plays a scientist in a uh in a tether tyrant Sonequa Martin-Green, uh, of course, she played uh, in The Walking Dead, Shh. and uh, she is Green Ghost. What did she play? I can't remember her name. Sasha, right? Sasha. Sasha. It's been a while since I watched The Walking Dead. Uh, Lauren Cohen played War Woman, and of course, she plays Maggie in, in The Walking Dead. So you've got... He's like, all right, we need some people for some for some one-off characters to kind of have a like... And, and yeah, so like this whole story kind of sets it up... It is animated, but trust me, it's mature content. Uh, It's very...
1: Very gory. Very violent. Very, is everything okay? You did the ear.
0: Well, I heard a cry, and I don't know if it's my baby or if she's watching a video with a baby crying. That messes with me sometimes. If I'm, I'm just like everything. All right, she goes. I'm watching a video. Well, don't do that. We have a child who actively cries. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm over here looking for the hot tag. Try, trying to, try to help out and be all right. And it's like my, my, you know, my, like my freaking dad sense went off. But no, the violence and gore is, is, you know, is really high up there. And but
1: this show has genuine shock. Yes. Like, I, as someone who, you and I read the first few ep- issues of Invincible a ways back.
0: A long time But ago. I think the
1: story is a little bit different right out the gate. I feel like this isn't, like, they're, they're taking parts of the story through the history of Invincible and condensing it to tell a different, more cohesive mm-hmm. story, possibly. I don't know. But, um. We also had a, I was.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. We also had some other guys. Mark Hamill plays in this. He plays amazing. Art Rosenbaum. He's the guy that makes all the costumes. Yes. Seth Rogen.
1: Was the inspector. Loved that.
0: Alan the alien was not ready for that whatsoever. I'm like, one thing I like about having Prime is that you can pause it and see who's in the scenes.
1: And also there's a version of the episodes that you can watch that have trivia and shit involved with them too. So we can like really... Detail and break down some of the shit that's, and that's happening,
0: and that's coming up because Clancy Brown is in this, and he plays Damien Darkblood.
1: Yeah, He's like a demon
0: detective trying to figure out, you know, Hellboy. Yeah, well, uh, when when, when did he play Hellboy?
1: No, I'm saying he has Hellboy. Oh, well, yeah, because he, he's red.
0: He could well, play an enemy, no, but Hellboy. he's a
1: demon. Yeah, he, I'm. T- you got what I'm saying?
0: Okay, so in the trivia, they said that. The reason why, uh, like, like he can be like, like invisible in the in the room, but he changes the temperature of the room, which is why the one guy, his uh, breath always—you see his breath—and it's a sign that he's there. Apparently, that is a change that was made for the show.
1: So he didn't just show up all of a sudden. Well, like was just there.
0: Yeah, like they. they, And I thought that was awesome. But uh, Michael Dorn is apparently going to be in this. Of course, he plays Worf, He's going to be Battle Beast. Zachary Quinto is in this. He plays robot. 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 <laughs> no, th- th- there's just a lot of people. It's so many people that we haven't even mentioned that are in this, and it it is very well done. Very it's very well acted. What, very
1: well. What uh, is it? Jillian Jacobs is mm-hmm. uh, Adam Eve. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, what the fuck is his name? I can see his face, but he's that Rexplode guy who's a douchehole. Um, (laughs) Uh, Jason. Man,
0: he is Jason. I can't say his last name because I'll uh, manzukas.
1: Yeah, Jason manzukas. Yeah, you got it. You did great. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, without spoiling it, the show has genuine shocks. You know, with the first episode, it's it is. uh, It starts off a little bit slow in building, and you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. this kid's getting his powers. We're gonna watch him fucking slowly learn to get his powers, and then five episodes, maybe some interesting shit will happen, you know, because that's how TV usually works. And then quickly through this episode, it's like, boom, Mark starts to get his powers, him and his dad start the training, like, starting to kind of figure things out. Then the episode wraps, and you're like, oh, cool, the episode wraps, but then you get this scene with Red Rush, and he's like chilling with his girl, and then goes and stops this villain and then comes back, and she's all mad that he left and shit. But then he gets paged, and then the fucking uh, Aquaman type character dude, who's the frog underwater, he gets paged. And then Miracle Man gets paged. He's like doing the try to like expand his boundaries, and um, Immortal gets paged, and War Woman gets paged, and all these people are getting paged, and then they all show up. They're like, what the fuck's going on? And then there's this shocking moment. And then, you know, the only super that's like a super, super left that's alive when we come into episode two is Mark's dad who's hospitalized. And you're like, wow, this is fucking insane. Like, what has happened? Um, so then Mark in the second episode kind of plays the like, well, now it's time for me to step up. But this is eh, Braxmoy. You know, my fucking, my dude, that was some funny shit with the, the they, and, and you said it, they don't hold back on gore, and that was one thing that popped the fuck out of me is the first time he tries to save this lady from these aliens, and like, he gets her to the hole, and she's all fucking destroyed because you were just flying around and getting shot at, bro. Like, come <laughs> on, man. She took half those shots for you, and you're invincible, you dumbass. Like... But it shows the real casualties and the real aftermath of what would happen if a real invasion happened. Not a Marvel invasion where Chitauri are fucking just holding people hostage or parademons are dropping people. I mean, I guess parademons have become way more vicious now in the the Snyderverse, as it were. But you get what I'm saying. These, um, what do they call those? Cannon fodder type characters Mm -hmm. in this universe actually pack a punch and do damage. Yeah. Which I love.
0: Absolutely. I I was taken aback by some of the gore. Like him trying to help with that alien invasion and he's like, Hey, are you okay? And then it just
1: Yeah <laughs> Ah <laughs> He's like he the bloods on him. He's like, oh, like he's having actual like <laughs> war trauma, like you would yeah. if you were on the battlefields and stuff. And I kind of like that too. They did the like the white noise tune out that they do when you see like the flashbang moment in war. Yes, when someone's like they're meah, and all of a sudden everything's just like real, um, swimmy, and you can't discern what's going on. Uh, but uh, what was the other There was another little thing that I wanted to. There was a couple things that popped me for sure. Um, one Kirkman really, really must've seen someone's eye get exploded out of their fucking face at some point as this child, because this is not the first time we've seen him use that gag and no. he used it again in this, in this, he used it to kill one of the guardians of the globe. I'm not going to reveal and, and explain more. Cause it's like a, a totally like what the fuck moment, but he he also had nods to other things. Guardians of the Globe, Guardians of the Galaxy. I loved it. Your reference to the Flash, kind of. Your Aquaman-esque, your Batman-esque, yep. Wonder Woman-esque. Your entire Justice League, essentially. But then you had your Omni-Man, who's more your your Superman. um, And then I loved this, is that they did all that work and kill off the Guardians of the Globe, how they do, and all this craziness. And put Mark as kind of this guy who has to step up for you to be introduced to teen team and then you fall for these characters and you're like wow look at how different he just did that where we went from these characters that seemed and felt so similar to dc and marvel characters but if you really think about it i'm not feeling a lot of similarities when i look at the teen team i feel very unique original characters that have interesting powers you know rexplode doesn't really remind me of any one, one character that just throws explosives. I've never yeah. really seen that in a Marvel comic that obviously like, uh, I think it was a bloodshot or blood. What is there's No, uh death shot. Death shot is dead shot. There's death shot, dead shot, death stroke, Deadpool. <laughs> one of these motherfuckers also <laughs> throws bombs, right? Somebody's throwing bombs. I'm not sure who, but, um, so you have these very unique powered characters, robot having the ability to kind of, you know, really be in tune with technology, but adapt to technology is cool. Um, we got one of the big three here. We'll talk more about that in a few aliens, androids or wizards. We did get aliens and in invincible. Mm-hmm. Um and that was a cool storyline to tell with Mark about like these guys, they came back and the whole time thing, they grow old and die really fast because of the different tachyons in their body versus our earth. Like the story, it's it's crazy clever, man. I'm loving it. And then we got that Omni-Man scene and I'm not going to spoil or say anything, but Holy shit.
0: I'm really that digging this show.
1: Crazy. As soon as we are off here, I'm finishing the third episode. Have to.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I, it, it's so well produced and done. And, and and the fact that we're getting 8 episodes that are like about 45 minutes long, it's like a short little series, but like it doesn't like it's they're taking advantage of their platform to not be that little kid-oriented cartoon show, which you could easily do by dumbing down the violence and and bringing up the more mystery. <laughs> behind who killed the Guardians of the Globe. They're gone, right? You could definitely do that if you were to kind of dumb it down. But that kind of goes against what Rob's, Robert's, uh, originally, you know, his creative vision. He, what he does is that he's taking this story that could be just a, another run-of-the-mill superhero story and just making it, finding ways to make it more real, make it make it feel like relatable to the normal person and also get into that guttural visceral side of it that we don't that that gets so glorified that we don't even think about you know so good good absolutely you know good work here
1: and uh to to kind of cap it off that's a a segue to the to the next thing in a minute but to cap it off here uh the how do I word this i think there's a real specialness and I connect in that way, and I'm sure that with the, uh, you know, your journey and everything, you're gonna you're gonna probably be vibing the same way. But there are scenes there, father and son, that are really emotional and hard to watch, as mm-hmm. both a parent and as a kid to a father who I have connect, you know, a great relationship with and whatnot. So yeah. it, they, Kirkman killed it. I mean, across the board, this is a banging-ass show. I cannot wait to see where we go from here. Um, glad to have jumped on before the fourth episode drops and they're already halfway through the fucking story because I feel like at that point, you might as well just wait to watch it till you can binge-watch the whole thing. But uh, I love it, man. I'm all about Invincible. But um, there are other characters in the, in, in the superhero world that are Invincible, as we learned in another series. Falcon and Winter Soldier... My man, yeah. I mean, this was another fucking awesome episode. Like, this has been so much good content. That's what I said at the beginning of the episode. This is being a easy to discuss show because of all the good that just exists out there right now. Um, Let's riff on it, man. What were your thoughts on episode two? Uh,
0: It was great and a and a good progression from where. You know, the first episode was a more of a, get. you know, let's establish baseline. Here's where we are getting to know, you know, the characters again with where um, where they're at. And this this episode was more of the, you know, let's put the bootstraps on, get to work and do some stuff. Ramp up the action a little bit because this is what this show is going to be. It's going to be a little bit more akin uh, to that regular MCU action uh hero style it's not going to be so much into like what wandavision was uh and that's good because that's it gives us a clean break you know it doesn't need to be as cerebral it can it, it can do it in its own way and for sure we we actually got to know a little bit and meet uh John Walker the new Captain America and see they
1: definitely try to get you to like be on his side they do give him the fair shot of like we want you to kind of like almost be like, hey, this guy's not that bad. Like they picked a dude who's like, he really wants it, you know? Like mm-hmm. he's serious about the role and everything. But then you start to learn, the, not not really ulterior motives, but just his deeper uh, side, I yeah. guess, which was really, really great. Yeah,
0: I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, and I enjoyed some of the twists and turns that, that the episode took you on. And and, that, uh, and the one thing that really stuck out to me Uh, which which is exactly what we were all expecting, was kind of the back and forth and bickering between Sam and Bucky.
1: The fucking... uh, I don't know what it's called, but uh, the... um, My words suck, Brando. Help me out here, my friend. The therapy session. That's the word I'm looking for. The therapy session that they had was amazing and also at moments hilarious and also really emotional again back to the emotions there were some real moments there where sam is just like listen we have other shit to deal with we gotta squash this now and i'm ready to move on and then winter soldier is deep down bucky is like still processing a lot of shit he's gone through and it really is bringing up a lot of darkness that he's had to overcome to be where he is now. And it's like, there's some shit going on. Also, Infus Nest is in this show from Rogue One. Or from Solo, not Rogue One. I got that wrong. Remember Infus Nest? Mm-hmm. The chick that tries to hijack from uh, Solo's smuggling crew? Yep. Um, she's a flag smasher. It's pretty cool and has some some really interesting stuff and she's like kind of the neo of this uh rebellion and um i think that the person that texted her that they want their their stuff back is actually john walker and i think that he is a part of the reason the super soldier serum exists or he knows who has it and where it's been distributed because he's got it how does he do the things he does? He's got some of that serum, but there are more than just him out there. And mm. then we got to go and, and talk Captain America. And they, they take an old school cut. I want to say this was early 2000s or late 90s, somewhere in there. Brandon might, course, correct me. Uh, Captain America truth story, where it has been revealed through the timeline that Cap was not the first super soldier. It was a black dude and of course they were filling a black dude full of toxins that were not gonna give him everlasting life because it was still in test phase Yeah. and the ramifications of that and we get to see the start of the fallout of that and again emotions emotions it was just heavy 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 heavy
0: the episode did, did a good job of balancing that though uh, balancing the heavy with the levity Uh, and so like I feel like the episode was was really well-balanced. And then, of course, uh, you know, we get the... We get the...
1: What was that, Nate? I don't know, Brando. Considering the whole episode.
0: Wow! So you've been recording... Okay, I was wondering why you were a little... uh... Sound a little
1: bit quieter? Mo- uh, yeah. Well, no. Uh, Echo ear. Echo ear. Oh, great. So, yeah. Sorry, folks. We're almost done with the episode, <laughs> and I figured out. I looked down. I was like, "Why is it when I'm talking, I'm not seeing that little green light flash?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, motherfucker! I forgot to plug the shit in. God damn it!"
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah. So we've done almost this uh, an hour of the show, which is using the the onboard mic from your webcam. So
1: Well, I'm glad that it actually picked it up because I was worried that it still had the interface selected and that I was just not getting audio at all.
0: Well, no. Well, see, it doesn't really matter. We tested be- it already. Yeah. Well, because if I'm hearing you and then that means the audience is hearing you, I made sure that both lines are moving because last week I messed up and didn't unmute myself. And we we got five minutes in and I'm like, ah, you guys haven't heard a word I said. So, I, so literally the whole beginning of that episode would have just been you guys responding to me and me just... Moving around and in your mouth moving, but uh, to get back on track, I thought the episode was really well balanced and a good step two, uh, for this series. This is gonna be what a six episode series,
1: yes, six episodes. It should feel like a massive six hour Marvel movie. Uh, maybe we'll get a full cut of it where they just do like a a marathon mode, you know, Mm -hmm. like Snyder Cut esque. Hey, just watch it in one binge. I will say, these motherfuckers with their. They know how to drop a perfectly unexpected cliffhanger. Because I was like, oh, we're getting a few minutes of this story here. Because he he's all like, we're going to see X. And then you get to the scene where you're starting to see X. we're like, cool, we're going to get some, some exposition credits. You fucking dicks. How would you do me like that?
0: Yeah, they, they definitely... Um, that is something that uh, is really key. If you're going to be making a streamable... A series. I mean, one thing it, it, it's it goes for just having a good series in general to keep the audience from week to week, which is how they're normally, which is how you know Disney does release. But if you you also want to be able to keep it to where if they wait and watch it in a bunch, or if you release it all in a bunch, they want to keep clicking that next episode so that, that way they're gonna watch it, and they definitely uh, have done that because they ended the first episode with the reveal of the new cap. Ooh, new cap, and this time it's like. Uh, they were talking about going to see Isaiah, which was that you know, as, as you said, the black man in that was used for 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 experimental uh, super serum stuff. Who actually they say beat the sh- shit out of Bucky and almost took him down. Yeah, and and broke his his metal arm, which wasn't vibranium at, like at the time. And uh, then he was placed in prison for thirty years <laughs> and kept it quiet. And now he's out, and he doesn't want anything to do. He. The this episode dances around the race issue that's kind of going on.
1: Oh, it, it definitely faced it straight up and down with racial profiling. Coming. It did.
0: It did later, but at first, when he's saying "you people," we like your people talking to Bucky. You almost kind of think that it's just the white people, but he's not. He's talking, he's talking about Hydra. He's specifically talking about Hydra because of the, because that gets kind of revealed later. But no, as you said, after we leave there, uh, Sam is like, "Why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you, Why didn't you tell Steve about this? Because he had enough on his plate. You know, he's out here, he's not hurting nobody. You know, and it's like I just found him and, and, and don't need I don't need to tell you guys. You know, it's, Sam was like, "Well, it would have been nice to know for decades that we had a a, a super soldier just here waiting to go." <laughs> And then, of course, the you know they're out there in this street, in this neighborhood, yelling at each other. And then a couple of cops pull up, a couple of white cops, and they start profiling Sam. Guns
1: drawn, ready. Yeah,
0: they're like, is you know, and they're asking Bucky, is he bothering you? Bucky's like, no, he's not bothering me. And then they're, they're kind of giving Sam a hard time until it's like, like it's like, don't you know who we are? And like, their adventures, oh, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Falcon, I didn't recognize you without the goggles. <laughs> Tone- the second
1: time this has been a situation where Falcon's fame has got him something, but still it doesn't change his circumstance. I the saw bank, yeah, it's yes. oh take a selfie with me. The cops here it's oh I'm our bad we fucked up, we didn't realize it was you. But it's still he's still feeling the same effects and situations, everyday people. People of color, people who are underprivileged, feel, and that's the thing I think that needs Dis, to resonate more. Is despite
0: the level of of celebrity. status or celebrity status that he has reached through being a hero, through being a guy who stood with Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and Doctor Strange First
1: through the portal,
0: yeah, you know, and Thor and you know, Captain Marvel, the Guardians, Spider Man, all these guys, Hulk. He stood with all of them against Thanos, you know, and they recognize that, but also, yeah, no, So, like, I saw some reaction and I saw somebody post this and this was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Somebody said, I don't want race stuff brought into my Marvel and somebody replied with, if You don't want Marvel talking about the problems of our modern society. Then they need to do it more for you to be able to see the problems in our society. Bingo. Because because literally with you sitting there saying, I don't want to see this, that is mean you're, you're willing to turn a blind eye to it. And you don't turning a blind eye to reality. So therefore, if it doesn't, if you don't see it in your entertainment, it doesn't exist. And it diminishes what's going on. So no, this kind of stuff does need to be you know highlighted and detailed. And the fact that it's happening to a to a a semi uh, celebrity status hero like Sam, who turned down or gave up the shield to be the next Captain America, feeling like he wasn't good enough, when when in reality he is good enough. And I and see that's the, that's gonna be the part of the story that's gonna be awesome. Uh, to see that come around, and that's why we're getting these little influences of, or these little scenes that are like, yes, but yes, but you know, and to go back with what what you already said about that therapy session, you know, one of Bucky's problems with Sam was that Sam gave it away. He's like, he gave it to you. Steve you believed the chosen one. Yeah, bro. Steve believed in you, and then. You know, and basically Sam is like, I don't know if he says it, but, but but he's feeling like maybe he was wrong. He's like, well, if he's wrong about you, then maybe he's wrong about me, too. And all the stuff that I'm trying that, to
1: do. Man, that you know, broke
0: me. That was no, that was a great scene mm. be, because it really for for that. When he said that, like the way that Sebastian delivered that line was amazing because it, like, it, like it almost like emotionally he like, like he almost like broke through into that moment and, and became really emotional. And it's such a great moment because there's also that that telltale moment of after this is over we go on a perma- permanent vacation and, and never see each other again. I don't see but that's that. not going to happen. I no. don't see that. I think that these two characters are going to realize they need each other more than they need anybody else. Almost, especially when it comes to the kind of stuff that that they could be or will be doing later on. Whatever, you know. It's absolutely, but no. The show did great. They ended with that great teaser at the end of "We're gonna go see somebody who knows Hydra." <laughs> they're, they're they're gonna go see Zemo, which is what yeah. I like because then uh, one one of my things was maybe he got out during the the blip stuff. No, he didn't get out. He he's still right where right where he is. But I also like how Sam was like, "You're gonna go sit down across from this guy," when Sam is basically insinuating, you know, he can still kind of like influence you yeah but we assume through context that that has been kind of taken care of that he he doesn't honda took care of that right yeah that he doesn't have to worry about being a little mind wiped and becoming a, a super killer again even though those nightmares still haunt him he shouldn't have to worry about that going forward he can worry about putting good into the world
1: like Disney Plus is going to be doing in June when they actually broke the levy and have decided that they will be releasing Black Widow not only in theaters, but also simultaneously to the Plus uh, premium subscription mm-hmm. thing. That is amazing. We talked about how eventually it was going to happen. You can only hold this shit out for so long, and guess what? The dam finally broke, Brando.
0: You no, know, They
1: drove their Chevy to that levy and that levy was fucking dry. And
0: uh on one hand, I'm happy because those who don't feel confident enough to go out in public and be around um theaters and other people right now, maybe they're maybe they don't feel comfortable, maybe they're immune you know compromised even with the vaccine. You know, it's going to take some while before we start reaching herd mentality or or herd capability where herd immunity, I, I should say. To where we're going to be able to just go back to normal, and not have to really. And we
1: got late breaking news. What's that? We have a casting announcement. I'm trying to pull up the official uh, official article here. As Russell Crowe has been cast in Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> um, Was uh, so.
0: Um, was that that was a picture that got posted on his insta or on his instagram or on his twitter of Russell Crowe and uh and uh Tiger? No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, man, Chris Hemsworth. My brain was like L- L- Liam it's No, it's not Liam. Yeah. It's like For some reason, I could not think of the name. But no, it was a yeah. picture. It was, Russell yeah. Crowe just put it out the other day. And people were like, oh, okay, cool. And now here we are.
1: And I also heard there's a photograph of Taika Waititi, Chris Hemsworth, and Jeff Goldblum also. Meaning oh. Grandmaster may be making a re- return. A grand return, as it were. So that's pretty awesome. Lots of stuff there. God damn! There's even more news because they obviously today announced the full cast for Obi Wan, mm-hmm. which had some some cool names and surprises in there. It's good to see. Uh, oh, Hayden Christensen finally officially back in the Star Wars universe. I can't wait to see what they do with him.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, I've wanted that from the get go. I I want him to be have an opportunity. You know. It could arguably be said that this could tie into Justice League. That hindsight being twenty twenty, helped make the 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 Snyder cut better because they saw how it was done and stuff. That he it, Snyder said he's never seen his the the, the 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 other cut of the movie. He said he's never seen that. He didn't want that to influence him. So maybe not so. But the fact Fuck, that
1: now I want to watch him live, watch that movie.
0: He said he, 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 he he's, he's thought about it, but I'm not sure if he's actually done it. I would love to see like a live reaction thing of him watching the other movie. But Just
1: the faces he would
0: make. But like, you get a second chance to tell your story, and you get another chance to add to You know, and with Hayden coming in, a lot of people dogged on him a lot for the direction he was given to act the way that he did. Uh, for the movies that he was in, a lot of people dog on episode two the most. And yes, it is pretty cringeworthy. <laughs> it's my least favorite Star Wars film. But it just, he did exactly what the director, George Lucas, wanted him to do. It was supposed to be sappy. It was supposed to be melodramatic. It was supposed to be over the top. And and also, with, with the way that he delivered some some of his lines, if you put a Darth Vader helmet on top of him, it would have his cadence would have sounded like Darth Vader. That's why it sounds kind of weird coming from a just an everyday walking normal person. Uh, but I'm excited to see what he does, and I'm excited to see what he brings to this and be able to add that feather in his cap of coming back to this role, and the fandom was very split on it. Uh, some people liked it. A lot of people didn't, and I've heard that. Could
1: we get flashback exposition? That would be neat. They could change everyone's opinion of this fucking story. I would love that. I mean, we've done they uh, it's easy to do. It's easy to go flashbacks. We've gotten it obviously. Well
0: a lot of that story has also been elaborated on through the Clone Wars series too. So like you could take stuff either ad- adapt it or add to even more new shit, you know, that that has not been seen. I would love to see that and then somehow we're going to be getting a rematch. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. We we'll see because my only issue with the rematch is that it has to contextually make sense with what has already been done before you know. and
1: spoiler alert we know who ultimately wins well yeah
0: but I mean uh, it has to make sense for dialogue that has been said before that's the only tricky thing with adding to a set of movies that were done 40 years ago that you know you have to add to that's why Rogue One was so good it, it successfully added to without taking away and
1: it'd be awesome if like one of the last things that you hear obi-wan say like as like the end of the series is him saying like you know i've said everything i can say to anakin and there's no nothing left to really be said that way when you go to that scene that's in a new hope and there's not a lot of talking mm-hmm. and it's just this very stoic battle of these old foes it does make sense it plays into right yeah this is, this is it i heard that that uh, you and mcgregor
0: might be in uh, the endor series you might have a Oh. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Because you would assume that if Leia was coming to get Obi Wan to bring him, specifically him, to uh to Alderaan, that he he has got to be somewhat knowledgeable of the rebellion, even even if he's not actively a participant at this point, he has to know of it, and obviously. When he says, uh, "You know, he's like I believe this is in like Return of the Jedi." He's like he's more machine now than man, and obviously he. This is him post seeing him again, but you'd have to think that he knows that, like who and what Anakin has become, that 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 is not lost on him.
1: Well, he can feel his force sense still.
0: right? Well, and, and also the fact that when he calls him Darth. <laughs> he's he's specifically not calling him Anakin anymore because he's not Anakin to him. So we got some good shit done the pipeline. My dude.
1: Awesome. Awesome show today, guys. I think that's going to be a great place for us to wrap up this week's episode of Journey into Comics. As always, you know where to check us out. Get us on all the different podcasting platforms. Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, CastBox, Google Podcasts, many others. Just search journey into comics network get our feed also go to journey into also go to game addicts podcast get brando's show there see us on rankemall.rocks where we're doing all the metallica right now we'll probably be moving into some other shit soon i know we're moving into other shit soon we got this whole plan planned out baby and i got an idea that i gotta throw your way to brando but anyways i think that's gonna rock and roll it for this week's episode of jic and as i sit here today we're only 10 episodes away from 350 that's a pretty cool thing I think we'll see you next time, guys. Brando, is there anything else you want to add before we roll out? Let's roll out. All right, my friends. Well, as always, I'm Nate. I'm Brando. And let's pop our caps back and fill those brains with shit. Later, guys.